This is Katie and Kay Carbondale. Support for Geek Speak on Katie and Kay. Let's turn that down. Support for Geek Speak on Katie and Kay comes from Louie the Computer Guy, providing PC and Mac repair and networking support, tutoring, and web design. Secure, informed, and connected. 970-948-7992. I'm your host, Matt McBear from Roaring Fork Help Desk, in studio with Louie the Computer Guy. How's it going, Matt? Going great. Beautiful Monday afternoon. Here we are. I don't want to be dark or macabre, but it's a good day to not be trapped in a submarine. Agreed. You know, I don't suffer from claustrophobia, but just being in a sub, the idea of being in a submarine gives me claustrophobia. <laughs> it, I, was it, I don't know. I, was it, I had the opportunity to, to uh, uh, go on a military submarine and, and tour it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of a family member, and uh, I went from wall to wall, floor to ceiling. Uh-huh. If I was any larger, I would not have fit. Got it. In other words, you wouldn't qualify for the underwater course. No, th- no, there's no, there's no requ- height requirement. Oh, really? So, but if you're higher, if you're any taller than six two, I would s- suggest not. Sc- or just wear a helmet all the time. <laughs> where, <right>? Yes, <laughs> my my hair was touching uh-huh. the you know the the things in the corridor. Yeah. Pretty much the entire tour. Well, then that tells me right there that I've just got being a submarine guy in my DNA because I'm <laughs> I would fit perfectly. <laughs> so, well, nonetheless, our prayers go out um, to uh, those of you who haven't been following the, the uh, story. There is a, uh, a submarine. It, it's a tourist submarine um, for people that have a, a quarter of a million dollars that they're willing to part with to go see the wreckage of the Titanic in person. And um, it's brought forth some the interesting facts. The wreckage of the Titanic is at 12,500 feet underwater. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. And it's really close to the maximum depth that that submarine can go to um, before it implodes upon itself. So um, anyway, our, um, our thoughts and prayers go out to those individuals living that claustrophobic nightmare at this moment. So... Um, anyway, uh, they, they're saying they think they've got about 70 hours worth of oxygen left at this point. So, yeah. And, um, I guess there's been a lot of ransomware activity going on. Um, and, you know, we haven't really talked about ransomware much on this, on the show. Um, you know, it's just another annoyance. Um, however, so let me ask you, Matt, have you dealt with a ransomware attack? Have you been frontline? dealing with one with a client before you know the my the clients that are under my my monthly mm-hmm. uh i've had one since 2013 that i've had to deal with got it and that was a, a you know, came it got a it got an email had a link to it they clicked on the link the link was an ip address and it you know it came in and started changing stuff on the server luckily they said what you know, there's like oh my computer's acting funny they turn, it's like if your computer's acting funny Turn it off. Give me a call. Yeah. Got so it. they did that. Uh, the minute, the damage was very minimal. I just went in and said, "Oh, let's re- you know shadow shadow copy restore." Click click. Yeah. Exactly. Off to the races. But so. you know if it if it gets all of that, you know then we have we had offsite backup too if we had to. But mm-hmm. in that case, it was luckily just on the computer, and the computer only had access to the share to the SharePoint. And got it. But yeah. and I've helped some. But and it's more likely that I help a an individual that's had that happen mm-hmm. where, you know, they get, I, you know, I had one that 
got completely hosed, unfortunately, and that was yeah. a long time ago. But yeah. you know, they had their backup that they run every night plugged into the computer. Mm-hmm. They got the the malware, and it encrypted all of their production files and all of their backup files. Got it. So yeah, got to make sure you have an offline backup, and you need to make sure that you have versioning. Um, yes. Yeah, whatever. If you are doing an offline or an online backup. Um, make sure that it has a feature called versioning. And I recommend you have at least 10 versions. And so what that does is because I, I had a, a client, you know, get attacked um, probably about in the same time frame as what you're talking about. And it went in. And so the, the most recent two versions of the backup were encrypted. It basically encrypt, it backed up the encrypted the the ransomware right so the, so know, it's encrypted data. then the yeah. the backup tool sitting there going oh all your files have changed let me back this up for yeah, you yeah we we better get on this it's like it's a busy day for the backup you know and um so you know i just want to say that um it, it's kind of like a hard drive failure it's you don't really realize just how intrusive or um crippling it is until it happens to you you know, and uh, it really is. Um, it it will bring, um, it'll bring your your productivity, uh, your business, whatever, absolutely to its knees. And um, and it is not cheap to get it fixed. Now, fortunately, we were able to recover from. Uh, Matt was talking about a thing called volume shadow copy um, backup, um, which is something that's built way deep inside the Windows operating system. I don't recommend anybody who doesn't have experience with such things going in and, and messing with it or trying to recover data that way. Um, it, it, it's not easy. It's not fun. It's not designed but, to be done by people that don't do this for a living, doing it every day. And um, But that being so, said, turn it on. Yeah. Turn yeah. on volume shadow copy. Yeah. And, ver- and exactly. it'll keep versions of the files um, for you. So is that, uh, is that something that's located in the services uh, console? It's been, on, on it's been a while. I have, okay. I'd have to go look. But Got it. Yeah, if you go, I think it's just called volume. If you turn on volume shadow copy, I think that'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. But and and have you played with the? I know that I think Windows Ten they they completely revamped the backup and restore systems. Yeah. They, I haven't they really basically gone, call it um, what do they call it? Uh, is it backup? It's just file more, versions? Oh no! Oh, God, I'm just drawing the yeah. Total they've, they've added a couple yeah. features in there, and I. I use other tools, so I haven't really... File history. File history. Called. Is that what yeah. they call it in Windows? That's what, they, that's what it's called, yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Uh, 970-963-2976 is our number. If you have a tech concern, a need, a story, a vignette you'd like to share, um, we are here. Our operators are standing by. And um, if um, it w- we'll dive a little bit deeper into uh, how to prevent or protect yourself against ransomware, specifically because this is the 2023 ransomware edition of yes. Speak, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, anyway, so uh, I was I was looking at the uh, what the most common vectors um, a, a vector for those of you who don't know is basically the um, the method of attack yeah it could um, also be called a threat surface in the oh i like that in That's the uh very fancy in the uh computer security you know the cyber security world say threat surface yes okay so that's the that's all the different vectors so maybe your email your phone okay you know uh text messages all right um port forwarding uh poor 
uh, poor password choices for your backup system online. Mm-hmm. I mean, just sure. I mean, if we're talking about ransomware in particular, yeah. but you know, poor password choices. I mean, because th- there's there's all these different threats that are coming in from in all different directions, mm-hmm. and at this point, there's not you know, it's like we haven't seen an actual like worm, you know, virus in in years. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And let's let's back it up just just a second. Let's talk about what a worm virus is, because you know a lot of people just think it's just another fancy, sexy term for you know it's just a little smaller than a snake virus, right? Right. You know? <laughs> so, um, a worm virus is a virus that if it's contracted by one machine in an office or a networked computer environment, um, it will work its way across the network. Right. And, so it'll try um, to find other computers on the network that have the same set of vulnerabilities that, that allowed their, it to that get. have their shields down, as uh, Captain Kirk would say. Yes, so, the shields are down, or yes. at least there's a hole in the shield. There's a weak point yeah, in the shields, exactly. as Ensign Rowe yeah. would say. So it comes through with the photon torpedo. and Yeah, um, so it just goes through and yeah. finds every computer they mm-hmm. can get to, and it gets it on there and yeah. delivers its payload to whether it's ransomware or, you know, back in the day it was just, you know, sending out spam or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, so that's what a worm virus is, um, basically. And, you know, like Matt was saying, it, it's become fairly passe. I mean, I can't say that I've dealt with a worm virus firsthand other than ransomware. I mean, ransomware is definitely um, well, that that's one but it of has the, a But it's more, it, it's, its path is more, what does the computer have access to on the network? So exactly, if, if rather than it, just finding other random victims out there, it basically looks for shared information stores. Right. So it's like, oh, can I get to the Windows Share on a server? And it goes, yeah. yes, I can. Yeah. And then it begins telling the computer it begins grabbing all the files, encrypting them, and putting them back on putting them back on the server. Yeah. With instructions mm-hmm. on how to send them a Bitcoin. Exactly. And you know you don't. You know, well, I I I don't know. I I, I want to say you don't know what it feels like to be violated until you've tried to open one of your files and there's a cute little message in there by some loser over in Romania. Um, sorry, all you Romanians out there, um, or wherever you know. Yeah, wherever um, the you know, the, wherever the actor is from, know, Becky Beckystan, you know, Uzi Uzi Beckystan or whatever. Um, you know, some some message from some loser basically telling you what his uh bitcoin handle is or bitcoin what are they what's the technical term for huh. that you know it's like well the wallet know, hash yeah the, their what their wallet hash is so you can um send them the ransom and then and hope know. to hear from them the the one thing i got to say is that i've i've actually been pretty impressed by the relative amount of honesty on the part of ransomware people that when you do send the money they do send you the decryption key um, I mean, well, I think it, th- but there it, is honor. There it, is honor, honor amongst <laughs> these thieves, right? <laughs> you know. Well, and, but if enough of them don't do it, then nobody's uh, going to bother. Exactly. So there's a there's an economic. It's a code. It's, it's like yeah. the, the bro like code it, of of ransomware hackers. That right. uh, you know, if somebody sends you the money, you gotta send in the decryption key. Otherwise, the the wheels just come off this whole thing in a big hurry. You know? Right? Because so, everyone's just, oh, I'm yeah. just, it's gone. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. So that's the good news that you know, once you part with your two, three, four thousand dollars, you know, um, worth of money, you will get your data back. You know, so that that's the good news. <laughs> so if there is such a thing, so the the number one uh, attack vector for uh, ransomware, at least according to bitsite.com, which is the site that I'm I'm quoting today, is malware. And um, so I wanted to 
ask you, Matt. Um, I don't know if we've ever really talked about what's your what's your favorite malware protection. What I mean, what do you recommend to people? Um, to see, I spend most of my time doing it post infection. Okay. So, because people get infected with something, uh-huh. and then come to me and say, "Fix it." Sure. So, sure. You know, I, so I'd prefer something. So I, for my clients, I use uh, a version of OpenDNS, which is now owned by uh, Cisco. Okay. So, um, but basically, I set up DNS, uh, and there's some free ones too. I think uh, Quad Nine, um, and I actually just got a notice from my VPN provider uh, that they're doing something similar. Okay. Um, so basically, what I do is I put uh, put DNS blocks. So mm-hmm. basically, somebody loads a, a frivolous page, someone has reported some domain to uh, to Quad Nines or uh, or mm-hmm. part of whatever part of Cisco. The page they've loaded is in the fr- frivolous list, right? Well, or the 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 you know the they load a a, a page that they think is you know fine, so there's no warning sure. really, yep. and so. Then it, so the page has an instruction to go, you know, get this malware ad from who knows where. But that that URL that is on the, the blacklist. That's on the blacklist. Sure. And then the system goes. It just sends back. It says, "Nope." Yep. Access denied. Ac- yeah. It just so says, you know page so cannot be displayed. So like the so. one I use with Cisco, it's just mm-hmm. umbrella. Just sends back. It says blocked by Cisco umbrella. Got it. And so, right. uh, but there's a, a free open source version called Quad Nines. Uh, I haven't tested that one okay. t- too closely, uh, but I have also noticed that uh, as the uh, VPN systems are progressing, like I said, the uh, Proton uh, Proton VPN, which is the VPN service I use when I'm traveling, uh, released sent out a newsletter today saying that they are adding uh, malware. You know, like the same kind of DNS system. So when okay. you're using their VPN, I, th- I think they're going to do a, a, mm-hmm. a browser plug-in as well. Yep. And that's another thing I yep. s- see with most of the malware I deal with is uh, browser plugins at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's, it. it's deleting the un- – it's like, what's this browser plugin? I'm deleting it. Yeah. So um, roll it back just a second. Sure. What was, what was the name of the uh, the free VPN? Uh, well, it's or the, no, not DNS the, the free filter. DNS service. Yeah, it's um, uh, quad, quad VPN, or excuse me, uh, Quad 9. Quad 9. So their okay. DNS is 9.9.9.9. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, I look like we got a call coming oh, in. Oh, great. So. You're on with the geeks. Hey, it's Craig Rifle. Hey. hey, how are you, Craig? Good. I was chatting with someone in Florida when you guys came on, and then I've come in to listen to this. And I'm really curious. I've been using a little company called System Mechanic. That does okay. malware protection. Uh, I'm not one of those people that will that will open pages from people I don't recognize. I, you know, I block as many things as I can. Is there any viability to a company like that? Is my first question. So, the second one is so you can is it kind still- of roll this together. Is I've got two desktops that are uh, connected uh, with uh, the uh, what's the word self with an e. <laughs> If Ethernet. 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 And yep. then I've got a couple things that are through the uh, uh, Wi-Fi, all through a, uh, a, a router modem from uh, uh, CenturyLink. CenturyLink. Yeah, yep. Action and Tech. So if I look at something on my computer, my desktop, and then I go in the house on my laptop, it'll show me ads. And so I want to know how can I disassociate 
each one of my machines to make them be individual so that things I'm looking at on one computer do not reflect on the other. So, okay. Did I confuse things there? No. No, no. So are you uh, are you using Google Chrome? No. No? What, what browser are you using? I use DuckDuckGo. Got well, it. Okay. I see here. So, but that they only have browsers for uh, iOS and uh, Android. I don't think they have a desktop. Do they have a desktop uh, browser? Oh, yes. DuckDuckGo? Oh. Yeah, okay. I oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. And and Firefox. I mean, I, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I use Firefox. I use DuckDuckGo for my search engine. Okay. So uh, chances are Firefox and Chrome and even Edge these days now all use kind of a ubiquitous um, you log in to the browser, and it basically creates this ubiquitous um, data or accesses so this, this data store that um, includes all your cookies, your browsing history, um, saved passwords, all that kind of stuff. So um, my guess would be, without looking at it firsthand, that you're going to need to disassociate each instance of Firefox from your individual account. Well, because yeah. well, it depends on what the it depends on how the advertiser is uh, assessing the because um, and you can go into your privacy settings and you can tell it to not use a unique uh, ad identifier. Okay. Um, and I'd have to look in Firefox, but I know Chrome for certain uh, has this where um, you can basically say either use a unique. Uh, ad identifier for this machine or use a generic one and so you could put it to generic but the so but the side the other side of that coin is is if your public ip address isn't changing very often uh they might be able to figure out that craig from rifle is on a particular address and send you your you know uh, whatever ads based on your ip address as well so yeah at this juncture they think i'm craig from golden or Craig from Littleton. Well, from well and, and geolocation is on yeah. IP is is tenuous at best. <laughs> yeah, and and the reason you know just for you and everybody else that that happens is um, that like the those geolocations are based on like for I have this uh, quote smart scale uh, you know uh, Wi-Fi scale and it it basically one of the great features of it is it it tells me what the weather is going to be today. Well, the problem is my internet pipe dumps out in Lo- in Loveland, Colorado. So my smart oh, my smart scale tells me what the weather is going to be like in Loveland correct. Every, every day. You know? Yeah, so, so correct. Like, but they yeah. don't know that Craig Chesesi lives in Rifle, because I never yeah. hit. I always hit block, not allow any of the search. There you go. Yeah, good. good. But there's some. I'm still saying that there is some information that they can ascertain from other pieces of information that they've collected. Yeah. Okay, so back to the system mechanic. Are you familiar with that? I, I haven't run into ILEO in a long time. Is it still owned by ILEO? Uh-huh. Yeah, and like I've been it. using yep. them for, yep. geez, 10 years or better. Okay. I've never had an infection. Uh, you know, I can do my own defragging. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do their little system things yep. every day of taking out, you know, uh, junk email files yeah, and all that I, stuff. Does I, that really work? Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. expensive. Is it dangerous to have it? Well, I would say this, you know, my my opinion is going to be based on the fact that there are tools like that that um, may work okay at first, but then end up hosing your system up. Um, I have never had to rescue a machine that has had that piece of software on it. So right. I'm going to say two thumbs up. I'm going to say I, I <laughs> used that, I used ILEO 
very heavily from Windows 2000 uh, through, uh, what was it, Windows Vista. Okay. Right, and I've got it on, on, on 7 and 10, and so. uh, I, I have it on, uh, um, I think, the 95, but so. I don't use a computer yeah. much. Yeah, so, so. I, I haven't run into a problem with that particular suite of uh, tools. Good. Yeah. So. Okay, so. thank you. Yep, thanks for the call, Craig. Hey, you bet, guys. Take care. Okay. Take care. Bye. Hmm. Got time for one more call. Yeah, nine seven zero nine six three two nine seven six. And um, yeah, that was a great question. So um, we're definitely not going to get through the uh, the list of vectors. No, they're <laughs> they're, they're, they're endless. And that's all good, though. We'll we'll come back to it next time. But um, anyway, I was going to say, you know, one of the most common. Um, removal tools that I recommend to people is Malwarebytes um, and uh, Malwarebytes.org. Uh, they do have a free version of their product. They will try to sell you the not free version of your product. Um, and basically the only difference between that is that uh, if you buy the product, um, it posts a sentry at your internet connection and sits there and watches all your internet traffic, which uh, basically increases what we call your your network overhead, which means that everything's yeah. going to come in a little bit slower. Um, but on a modern computer it, with yeah. enough resources, as long as you have enough resources yeah. on your machine, you're yeah. not going to notice it. Exactly. The, but the one caveat that I would issue is that I've I've had this happen a number of times where a Windows update will happen and it will create a conflict with Malwarebytes and render the computer unbootable. I don't know if you've come across that or not, but it's I've seen it probably 20 times, you know, now. And um, so the only way to really get that fixed is to boot it up into safe mode. And once again, don't try this at home, ladies and gentlemen. Um, boot it up in safe mode and remove malware bytes, and then the computer returns back to normal again. And then you can reinstall malware bytes again and wait until the next update comes out. And um, uh, we have another really quick call. You're on with the geeks. Yeah, hi there. Thank you for taking my call. This is John up here in Leadville, Colorado. Hey, thanks for the call, John. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. you betcha. Thank you for you. Uh-huh. Um, I had an interesting thing happen the other day. Is uh, I've been getting these uh, things on my phone that says upgrade or remind me later. Okay. So I I always push remind me later, and that's been going on for a while. But interesting thing that happened the other day is I was in a casino in Blackhawk, Colorado, and I was in there hanging out with my friend, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, something happened to my phone, and it was like uh, I, I, I turned on the screen, and there was like a little character, but then there was a little strip thing that was like flowing colors across the strip. So I thought maybe was it automatic. Little, I would say that's, that? that sounds exactly like an automatic update. Yeah, yeah. So it automatically updated, and that's what I thought that happened. But interesting what happened is that the phone got really hot. Oh, yeah. And and it, it, it got really hot. And then uh, since then, I cannot plug my phone in to do a charging. I've got to put it on one of those uh, automatic charges where you just set the phone on. Huh. Interesting. So that's what happened, and that's my story. Got it. <laughs> hmm. Okay. And I'm guessing it's an Android phone. Um, 
Yes. Uh, yeah. Boy, uh, Matt's the Android I, guy. I haven't had an Android phone in a couple <laughs> yeah. of years, but an update really shouldn't make it so you can't charge. Um, I'd go and see if there's an, maybe another one because those are uh, kind of phone specific. So if they did an update and it broke a particular you know uh, function, like being able to charge from the charging port, um, they, they'll probably get enough complaints that, hey, my charging port broke. Uh, that they will go in and hopefully so be, a, be able, pa- a patch for be, it. There'll be a patch it. for the update. Yeah. So. so I'd go into system settings yeah. and uh, go into general and see about it, see if there's a you know like a hot fix one or or something like that uh, okay. available here in the next couple of days. I don't know what the timeline for this is, but yeah. So okay. let's see. Uh, the one other thing I was going to suggest was: Have you tried using a different charger? Is it possible that just uh, just yes, consequent? Consequently, yes, different charger, different, different cable. Yeah, different chargers, different cables, and it just doesn't uh, connect uh, unless I put it on the, uh, you know, that charging pad. Yeah, yeah, the charging pad. Yeah, got it. Okay. Well, yeah, try try doing what Matt said, and uh, feel free to give us a call back in a couple weeks and let us know how that goes. Yeah, we'll be back on uh, July third. Yes. Sounds great, and I really appreciate you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Likewise, so much. man. Stay warm up there. Okay, I will. You guys are fantastic. Talk Thank to you, John. Yep. All, right, All right, have another one more minute. One more minute. Um, so should we just go back to threat vectors? Absolutely. Uh, so email attachments, duh. Duh. Email <laughs> links. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. And that's pretty much the same, you know. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I mean, if, if an email, I, I usually tell people that, I mean, even if you you got to really put on your critical thinking glasses when you're looking at the at the text of an email and put it through the filter of i mean could this be generic you know because that's right that's the number one commonality yeah. in threat emails is that the message is very generic and, and and emotionally charged exactly yeah they're trying to get a response yeah. and there's always a uh, um like a time you know, yes or an a- like, yeah, yeah time act, and a- act now which yeah, is an emotional so, response thing. Exactly. So, all right, take us on out, Matt. All right. You've been listening to Geek Speak on KDNK. I'm your host, Matt Greer from Warren Fork Help Desk. In studio with Louie, the computer guy. We will, Thank, we will, thanks a lot, Matt. We will be back July 3rd. July 3rd. See you then. Yep.